0: Hey fam, welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am your host, Queen, Mama. Queen Namaste. Yo, thank you for joining me this week. And what's up? What's good? How are you guys doing? It is November. Whoa. I have a lot of updates to tell you, but I'll just do an update episode for you, which won't be today but I just wanted to say hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope you all are doing well during this crazy time in the world and it's probably going to get crazier, so just buckle the heck up, okay? But in the meantime, keep listening to this podcast to help you <laughs> to help you navigate these uh, uncertain times. Um if you dig what you're listening to, I have just a call to action for you to just screenshot this episode and share it with people. Share it on your Instagram, your social media, whatever. It really helps podcasts. It helps me. It'll help your friends. So sharing is caring. That's if you're feeling called, please feel free to either share this or leave a review or subscribe. And for those of you who are already subscribed, thank you so much. This week on the episode, I interview Cherie and she is a powerhouse to say the least. She's a mother of six. She won Miss Utah back in 2005 and she's up to a lot of cool stuff. She talks about um, her Stand Speak Shine course that she has created. So she helps guide women influencers to heal, to express and to create and using the new feminine leadership paradigm. She's got degrees in psychology and sociology and she's held group therapist positions in a psych... Cy- psychiatric facility. She's worked with teens before, and she has worked in addiction recovery centers. She has experience with losing a sister to suicide and I really enjoyed just listening to her story and what she has overcome and what she's helping other women to do in this lifetime. So we talk about a lot of stuff like why strong women suffer, how to really get into your body, the science of breath, the power of essential oils, and a whole bunch more. So get a cup of tea or coffee, get something comfy on and listen to this podcast and just jam out with us um all of her links are on the show notes. so if you want to connect with Cherie that is where you'll find her and I just wanted to say thank you for listening and have a really great rest of your week fam I will see you next week for another episode cheerio darlings Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Shannon. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) The first question I always just like to start my podcast out with is, who is Sheree? Who are you?
1: Well, my name means dear one or beloved in French, so I'm going to claim that. I'm getting ready to get a tattoo that says beloved on it. Just because that is my favorite word in the entire universe. And um, I am, um, I mean, there's me, just the beloved of the universe, child of the stars. Like I am because I am and that's enough. There's that. But I have roles (laughs) and I have titles and roles on this earth plane. Um, So I have six children, a married daughter, three college kids and two elementary age kids and two grand boys that are three in one and they're so cute. Wow. And <laughs> I run an international business and I travel, well, I did pre-COVID travel all over the world and teach about emotional healing um, with an emphasis on natural health, holistic health. My background is in psychology. So I have um, worked as a counselor at an addiction recovery center, as well as a psychiatric hospital. And I stepped away from clinical work because I started to see people weren't getting well. So I kind of call myself, I guess, more of like a holistic psychologist. And um, I, yeah, so I, I do a Stan Speak Shine School for women, which is uh, all about self-empowerment. Every January, I run a, a tight group of women through my Stan Speak Shine School. And I love Love, love, love teaching about like the divine feminine and finding your voice and your power and gaining goddess confidence. And I'm also an author, so that's the titles. But those are just titles, and I just say that I am because I am.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> where I'm at <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I love that I am because I am. That's so great. And mm-hmm. there was so much that you just said that I want to unpack. First of all, <laughs> you look amazing for having six children. Like, you look so oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm yeah.
1: 51. So it's Stop just. Stop it. Like, I'm literally <laughs> not <do>. kidding.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. We might even have to be like, what are your secrets for aging? Because I would, I literally. That's 51. another podcast. You look, yeah, <laughs> you look like you're like late thirties, girl. Oh, so. That's so nice of you to say. I was oh. just like, how is this? Check out making kids and what in university? Wow, amazing. Um, okay, so much stuff. What should we talk about here? Um, you were saying that you worked as um, a psychologist psychiatrist, psychologist, psychologist. No,
1: Where? well, I wasn't a psychiatrist. Sure. I was just actually um, not even a psychologist uh, in the traditional sense. I just worked as a, as a counselor. I did as much as you can do without getting like a doctorate basically um, to claim the title, but I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad the universe took me a different direction so I could mm. craft my own way yes. in the world working with people.
0: Yes. Cause I feel like that society puts us all in boxes and and I heard this quote yesterday. It's like labels are for jars. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> be labeling yourself. Yeah. Right. It was a good one. So you were working with um, people that had addiction. Is that what, is that what I
1: heard? Well, I, many years ago I worked at an addiction recovery center. I was the family education director, so I would help the, fa- well, I also worked with the addicts in a group therapy sessions, but I mostly helped the families who would come into the center and learn about addiction. So if they have a loved one that was at the center, I would help them understand addiction. And what's ironic about that, Shannon, which you know my story, but Mm -hmm. I have a sister that was really struggling with addiction at, you probably don't know, at that same time, she was in a different center. Both of them were in Salt Lake city. Um, And she was, uh, ready to graduate from that center, and I was still working at the other so not only was I in that field working with people, but my own family like i 've lost an aunt to suicide my dad 's sister she took her life and left her three year old son for my parents to raise in her suicide letter and um, that happened um, my second year of college. I was already studying psychology my mother has And some of, a lot of her family members or cousins and whatnot have completed suicide. My mother not suicided, but she's really, um, bless her heart, is a saint. And she's also had to face her own family patterning with depression and anxiety, as well as all of my siblings. And I include myself in that. Of set my parents have six children and seventh is the one that is my cousin that was raised, you know, because my aunt took her life. So of the seven of us, um, myself and one other sibling are the only two who were not diagnosed bipolar. Um, So it's been quite quite a path to unpack just, you know, especially that year that I was, the year after I stopped working at that addiction recovery center, my sister took her life. So the one that was in the other addiction recovery center, and she left behind five children, ages two through 12. She was 34. Oh um, and at that sit on that same year, it's just a lot, but I can't even, I mean, for anyone listening who has ever lost someone close to them, um, to suicide, it's literally catastrophic. It's trauma. It's, um, like it's been 15 years, so I've had some space around it and I talk about it a lot, but it will never completely heal in this life. It's just a wound that I carry, um, that our, everyone in our family carries, um, And what's interesting about that year is I was Mrs. Utah that year. That was in 2005 and I had young children. And so my platform ironically was inspiring greatness in women, especially girls. And here my sister completes suicide. So the Utah attorney general, asked me to sit, since I was Mrs. Utah, on the State Suicide Prevention Council and knowing that I had a background in psychology and I'd worked with addicts and that I'd lost more than one loved one to suicide. So I sat on that council and I worked with, I should say, I masterminded with psychiatrists and social workers and political leaders and educators just to try to get to the root of the suicide issue in Utah because at that time, and actually what's interesting is it's still just as bad as it was back then. And we've, we've not made any traction in the city of Utah that I'm aware of um, with suicide rates. Um, so yeah, that in a nutshell is what brought me, when I lost my sister, I remember, you know, after the funeral and maybe a couple of weeks after the funeral, I she's buried not too far from where I live. And I just felt to go talk to her. So I made a promise over her grave that I would be her voice and that I would find answers and that we would stop this, this pattern, um, in the family. Cause there's, you know, I have children and of course she has children and, uh, that we were going to break this pattern in the family and that I would do everything I could to be, I just felt like I needed to say that and claim that, um, and yeah, so that was 15 years ago, and I have not looked back. Um, it's been a, a very interesting adventure.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that, for one. And I'm sorry for your loss. It is absolutely devastating. I don't even know what I would do if I lost my sister that way. So my heart goes out to you. And yes, anyone who's listening who's had to deal with those really tragic circumstances. And I was, getting, I was getting like goosebumps when you were talking about making that promise to your sister at her grave. So it's like, thank you for doing this work for people. Because now, especially during this time, um, this year, um, I, I know for a fact that suicide rates have gone up.
1: Oh, yes. A lot, um, of, a, a lot of domestic problems, domestic violence, um, things at home. Because we're forced to look inside. We're forced Mm -hmm. home to ourselves and in our homes.
0: Yeah. So with, with that being said, have you, since like the COVID has started this year, have you um, shifted or pivoted your business in any way to um, focus more on that avenue or has what, what has been your focus like as of lately in regards to all of this?
1: So, I do a lot of work with helping people heal marriages. I've I've been married for 25 years. My husband and I actually almost divorced Yes, last year. We were separated for 10 months, and the month that we moved back in together was COVID month when COVID oh, wow. quarantine started. So I was already... Yeah, so I partner with this woman in the UK. Um, she's got this beautiful English accent. Her name is Dimple Thacker, and she is a relationship expert, and we have um, together teamed up to help people heal marriages. So I was already doing that before COVID, but after, and I was already in the middle of my Stan, Speak, Shine school, because my Stan, Speak, Shine school goes January to April. And so yeah, COVID kind of hit in March. And um, so I was already in the middle of these things. And it's like, oh my gosh, like a lot of us who've been in the space of like spiritual teaching and even like astrologers and thought leaders healers, practitioners of all types, we've kind of known things needed to shift. Something needed to happen to wake people up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I would have never wished, you know, it to be something like this. Um, but also it could be a lot worse. Um, and also it's a great invitation. And so I've never been busier in, in the work that I do since COVID hit. Um, the tools and, and things that I offer, you know, and, and the guidance, because I don't believe in people who deliver a set of teachings and say, this is the what you should believe. This is the way it is. I believe the best teachers are guides and guide you into your own knowing. And so that's what I have sought to do, especially since COVID, because we get so many messages out there, you know, from, con- you know, the, the controversy with the political stuff and then all the conspiracy theories. And there's just so much for us to unpack right now so much. Um, So I'm just like, go within what, what feels aligned. So part of the feminine power stuff that I teach is how to get in your body and listen to your body and access inner wisdom.
0: Ooh. So how, how do you go about doing that? Can we talk about, I love, like, I believe that there's more of a feminine or divine feminine energy that is rising now because the world has just been so masculine for so long. Um, and trying to equal out that, balance of both of the energies. So yeah. especially now during this time, how how does one go into their bodies? And I guess you're talking more of like
1: intuitive work and stuff like that, right? Like listening to that inner knowing. Well, that's part of it, but you can't really hear that voice loud and clear, whether you want to call it, you know, the spirit, God, your soul voice, it's probably all of the above, guides, messengers, angels. We all have different belief systems of, of what of how we receive high vibe information. Um, Ultimately, your divine spirit is the most sacred connection you have, your own divine spirit, which is directly accessing, you know, creator, God. Mm -hmm. So um, before you can even hear that, you have to get in your body. So um, it's kind of simple. The the best, our our highest answers are free and fast. And Mm -hmm. so, Get overprogrammed with all the ways to do these things, and they take practice. <laughs> that's why we don't st- we don't stick with the practice, and that's why we like think it doesn't work. We want to move on to something that's super, you know, cut and dry. But this is cut and dry to the extent that it takes entrainment, but it's just breath, breath work. Like um, I was just listening to Eckhart Tolle uh, teach about, and it's kind of a Buddhist practice as well but it's just like you you don't have to spend all this time meditating see people check out of meditating because they think they're failing at it because they just keep hearing the, you know their own mind chatter and they're like i must really suck at this i'm not going to do it like you know and um, they feel like a failure but ultimately like it's your life your life is the spiritual practice so it's how do i walk through you know life stressors of life and breathe so he talked about just you know, literally, it's 10 seconds. So you just take a re, you know, you close your eyes and you go somewhere quiet if possible. If not, you can, you don't even have to close your eyes. Like if you're with people, but you just consciously breathe in. You just consciously, slowly fill your belly with breath, in through your nose, fill your belly like a balloon with breath. And then you slowly exhale. And you just, you can do a mantra to, in your own mind, like all is well or, um, I am love, or I am peace, or whatever resonates for you that gets you into a healing response versus a stress response. And honestly, honestly, just something that simple has the power to shift your whole mind-body in seconds. Um, I love essential oils because they, because this, your sense of smell, when you when you take in aromatic molecules of any kind, when you smell something, those molecules travel up and hit the limbic part of your brain. They hit your olfactory bulb which is directly connected to your brain by little tubes. And um, so it's it's a fast way to access the emotional center of your brain, your deep limbic structures, which are highly feminine and intuitive. And it's your wisdom centers, you know, not just your mind, but you can access this. You have more smell receptors on your surface of your heart than anywhere in your body. So smell is powerful and it's about 10,000 times more power, more complex than your other senses like sight So people don't realize that smell, we're always smelling, but we're just not always conscious of what we're smelling. So if you are intentionally smelling something like an aromatic compound, like a flower or fresh air outside or an essential oil or even dirt, something that connects you to the land um, is powerful. And so if you include that deep breathing with nature, then you're apt to shift those limbic structures in your brain and, and activate a healing response on a subconscious level very powerfully through your whole body, not just through your you know, olfactory bulb and your limbic system, but through your entire body. When you inhale, you actually diffuse um, peptides throughout your whole cerebral spinal fluid. So it's the water of your spinal fluid is impacted by breath. So breath, I mean, there, there are breath experts out there there are people that have studied this extensively and written books on it. Um, so I'm just giving like the actual <laughs> highlights that I can remember, but mm-hmm. everything, from you know, what's that guy that climbed all the mountains with his bare feet in the breeze? Wim Hof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> him. yeah. So there's him and that's kind of the intense fire breath, but I'm just talking about, ah, <sighs> like, who just. Come back home to yourself, and yoga really emphasizes breath. These ancient yogis knew this, they knew the technology of breath. And there's a saying, everything rides on the breath, and it's true. Um, I when I was really deep diving how to help people heal depression, um, I met this man who has spent tens of thousands of dollars learning from the top depression experts throughout the world. I mean, he he went to one. Really exclusive um, training that was forty thousand dollars to learn from someone who was considered the top expert on depression in the world, and he, and that person told him it's all about breath. Wow! <laughs> so we stop breathing, <laughs> we we tense yeah. ourselves and we brace ourselves, and we're in this really elevated like constriction response. And I did a 200-hour teacher, yoga teacher training with my daughter that's 21 when she was 19, so a couple of years ago. And
0: oh my gosh, that's it was amazing. so cool. I didn't
1: do it to teach <laughs> yoga, but she did. And I just wanted to learn it with her. And we just learned all about the science of breath. And um, it's changed our lives. It's almost impossible to be anxious if you're breathing the right way. Yes. It, it, and the spirit is on the breath. Spirit mm-hmm. rides on the breath. So that's my best. Somebody (laughs) asks me. Like when somebody asks me what what you asked me, like what's how do you get in your body? Well, it's breathing. And then you touch your hands and your arms and your legs while you're breathing. It's like it's safe. I'm I'm here. Like I have a right to be in this body. Like I'm I'm good. (laughs) Mm. Those are simple, yeah. Those are just really simple ways to get in your body. And your senses are your pathways to feel good. All your senses. Yes, I think smell
0: is like the most because I, it's weird how it's also attached to certain memories and stuff that you have. Like when I can, I smell like a certain cologne that like my first boyfriend used to wear, like brings me back Mm -hmm. to that time. (laughs) Like smell is so powerful. And it was ironic that you said essential oils because I just put essential oils on me and I was smelling my wrist when you said essential oil. It was wild. while. Uh, so. What do you have on? What did you put
1: on? Oh,
0: do you, do you know the company Sage? Do you have Sage down no, there?
1: No, do I'm there? a doTERRA lady. That's, that's my international uh, business.
0: Oh, Got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I have a few friends in doTERRA. There's, um, there's, cause I'm from Vancouver, BC. So we have uh-huh. this um, local company, I guess, it was before like Volterra got big over here. okay. So yeah, I used to work in the mall right beside it. Yeah. So it was called Elevate and it's like orange and lemon and it's
1: the so mm, citrus cool. oils are so good at lifting yeah. and cleansing the body.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's sweet. I wanted to ask you more about your courses and specifically the stand speak shine um with with that course are you leading like females that want to be leaders or their own business moguls like who is the ideal client what do you guys or what do you yeah. ladies? Oh, I don't know whoever's in there <laughs> what do you discover and what yeah, yeah. The transformation. Yeah.
1: So if you just go to standspeakshine.com, shine.com, you'll kind of see the emphasis. But basically it's it's a it's a actual self-actualization program. So we go into the feminine arts. I have 12 practices and it's for any woman really. Um, but I usually attract women who feel like they have some kind of calling in the world or maybe they're doing their thing but they're feeling like they're not really confident or they're, something's missing, something's off, they don't feel fulfilled, whatever. So I help fine tune this process of listening to your soul voice, um, accessing your wisdom in your body, claiming your sovereign power as a woman. A lot of us have been injured by religions and and schools and family systems and society in general. And what's really hard for us to claim our worth, our beauty, our power. So I really dive into that. It's like 12 weeks long um, and it has a really beautiful Facebook community. And we, we, we work with the moon cycles. We do little rituals, every new and full moon. So there's a lot of power of accessing just the, the, and harnessing your creativity and periods of rest. And so, yeah, we dive into that so that by the time you're graduating from that program, you have a template in your life for moving forward to, to really just be who you are. Mm, That's beautiful.
0: And I love how you also use the moon (laughs) to help with this process, because I believe the moon cycles and our cycles, specifically for women, our menstrual cycles are Mm. really important and there's certain times in our cycle, which I've learned in a previous episode from one of my guests is that, you know, you're going to be more, um, active in some parts and want to get work done. And then there's other days where it's like, you know, if you have to go inward and all this stuff, so using it to your advantage is a really cool yeah. thing that I just discovered. Absolutely. Just like, it's massive. Um, why do you think that strong women often feel lost or disconnected from spirit?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if you're built like, Mike, if you're built like me, a lot of strong women have ambition and, um, or they're just really strong willed and they have all these ideas and, and women too are very relational, no matter what your personality is, we tend to outsource to others. Is this okay? Or, hey, let me take care of you before I take care of myself kind of thing. And a lot of our mothers and grandmothers did that. And so that was just kind of modeled to us. Um, and it's beautiful. We, we love that. We love that. Um, there's all this, you know, beautiful feminine nurturing and nourishing, but oftentimes our mothers and grandmothers didn't model how to do that for yourself, for themselves. And so we, we tend as women to just pour all of the love into others <laughs> and we don't turn it on ourselves, turn it in on ourselves. And it kind of goes back to how we started this with the beloved. Um, I have really had to, I've gone down a hard journey to learn this myself. Now that I'm 51 and I have, you know, college kids and a married daughter and, um, you know, these younger kids, it's like, I kind of get a second chance with these younger kids in the sense of, well, what do you think? How does this feel to you? Does that seem right to you? Whereas before I was my older kids, I did that a little bit, but it was mostly like, here's the truth i will go out and do it, you know, but the power of just strong women suffer because we outsource, we second guess ourselves and we wait to get permission. And we look to too many authority figures to give it to us. We don't claim that authority for ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I can relate to that a lot. (laughs) So do you
0: think that's what keeps women from like truly showing up? is looking outside themselves and looking yeah. for other
1: people. Yeah, I do. Well, that's part of it. It just depends. I mean, all of us are so different. We've all had different you know, things modeled to us. We've all had different experiences. But generally speaking, um, we are so sensitive to our environment. And a lot of us are empathic. So we pick up the energy of other people around us. And we don't know how to protect from that. Oftentimes, breath helps. By the way, um, but we get so used to just making it okay and people pleasing, making it okay for others. And really, what others want to see from that from us, on a, especially children, from a subconscious level, they don't even know that they want this, but they want to see an empowered woman before them. They want to see and have modeled to them what self nourishment looks like. They want us to model what it's like to follow your dreams, not make it okay for everyone else and put all your dreams to the side. They don't want that on them. They want to see a woman do that. And, you know, my older, and I've always done that to some degree. I told you I was Mrs. Utah 15 years ago. I mean, What what mother of four throws on a swimsuit and a pair of heels and gets on a stage? Like I really (laughs) challenged myself to do that. And I tried six times before I went. And um, I was able to go on and do, you know, a national pageant in Vegas and all these things. And, and my kids were young when I did this, my older kids. And um, I think it was powerful for them to see me just like doing the community work. And um, they knew that I loved them, but they also knew that I had this other thing that I had yes. to do. Um, on my website, I, I, I quote this thing by John Maxwell that I love. And it's like a mission is something you want to do, but a calling is something you have to do. And there are a lot of women who have callings they have to do, and they're not doing them in favor of the people around them. And that's sad to me.
0: Yep, I agree with you. And it is sad. And what you were just saying, children look up Like they model the behavior that they see. So with you standing in your own power and, you know, not just putting, putting the mask on before you put it on everyone else and taking care of yourself, it also elevates your children who are looking to embody that for themselves and to Uh be strong, powerful people in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, can I just talk? Like, so I'm from Canada, and we don't really have like the whole Miss United States thing. And the only the only real idea that I have of it is Miss Congeniality.
1: At a movie? Yeah. So like. Oh, you guys have pageants. Canadians uh, definitely have pageants.
0: Well, it's not something that I like watch. I don't (laughs) even have a TV, so it's like it's not in my world at all. So is it like that? And what, what made you want to do that, first of all?
1: Yeah, I stepped away from pageantry, to be honest. I used to direct and coach after I won, and I just stepped away because it's just not my vibe anymore. But I think it, it was a beautiful stepping stone for me to claim my beauty and power and voice. And it was definitely a nudge from the spirit. But um, pa- yeah, my whole path with pageantry was to claim my own inner divinity and my own inner royalty. That's how I look at it now. Mm. Um, and there's a dark side to it. And I've seen that as well. I've, I have, in fact, I have a Donald Trump story about pageantry because, you know, he used to own the Miss Miss USA pageant and the Miss Universe pageant. This is one conglomerate organization. He owned it right up until he started campaigning for what? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um, I
1: actually coached, yeah, I actually coached Miss Utah the year that one year, and I went to LA for rehearsals in the pageant because she was really ticketed to win that year. She ended up placing in the top 10. She's amazing. I think she was in, even in the top five. But anyway, there was a point during rehearsals. This is a total side, side story, but it's kind of interesting. Um, there was a point during the rehearsals where they literally blew a whistle, and all of the 50 some contestants lined up on the stage during the rehearsal, and Donald Trump came in with his entourage and he literally looked those girls up and down, walked right, you know, like they were anyway, that, that's my, that, that's my personal experience with Donald Trump because it was very, it felt very um, like he had a God complex with them and it really turned me out like he doesn't really respect women. And that was like in 2008.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and um, so, what was the,
0: What was the point of him going there? He just looked them up and down just to. Cause it's just in, like just the, the
1: power, the power of like, I own this organization and I mean, there was some scuttle that like he picked his winners or whatever, but, um, he just definitely wanted to make a showing, right? Like, um, he, whoever does win at that time when he owned the pageant, like whoever won Miss Universe and Miss A would definitely get to know him and be photographed with him. And he was like very powerful in that arena. Um, so there is, you know, so much when you brought up the masculine and feminine, um, to me, and and it doesn't matter what party you're with, like, I'm just talking about Donald Trump, the man right now. Like he, he represents there's, there's so many, he's been so instrumental in like waking people up to unhealthy masculine. So that looks like, you know, not a lot of collaboration, like this is the way it is. Speak your truth, lots of power, uh, or speak your truth when it hurts people speak it in a way that's condescending. Um, so for me, I just look at, you know, even since that was 12 years ago, right, that I was in that rehearsal, and I and I got to see him really closely, uh, you know, feel of of what he was about, and I know he's changed a lot, but it, in 2020, here we are, like, with him running again for president, and there's some things that I agree with in all parties, right, and so I don't really affiliate with one political party, but just, just watch the debates. I know you live in Canada, but it's a joke, like, mm-hmm. it's two people in their ego states trying to to posture for power and rightness. And I think as a collective, we're just done with that. A lot of people are just waking up to like, that's just disgusting to us. And so the feminine will come in and teach a new way. And the feminine in men, when that awakens in men and they heal that within themselves. And when women heal the masculine, because what I was talking about, we can go into the unhealthy feminine and just be enabling and codependent and overly nurturing. And forget and and even the frumpy, like let yourself go and not nurture yourself just as easily as we can go into our, you know, and avoid our masculine in us, which is getting things done, the healthy version of action and inspiration and motivation. So when when we heal these states within ourselves, both as individuals and as a collective, that's when we're going to start to see this new age really blossom, which is, you know, if you follow astrology at all, we're in the Aquarian <laughs> age now. We were in the Piscean age for two thousand years, and in two thousand twelve, we went into the Aquarian age. It's a real deal, and uh, people are waking up. So, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I love what you just said about, and I feel with the the masculine and feminine energies, it's too like for myself and this year especially. I feel like I was um I grew up like a tomboy and I was never really a girly girl. And mm-hmm. kind of growing up into my more my masculine and like being dominant in relationships and and can be more of the person that like quote unquote wears the pants kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's like this year has just been eye-opening to do that dance between both of my masculine and feminine and where can mm-hmm. I show up more feminine versus masculine in certain situations because there's a time and place for everything that it's yeah it's lovely it's lovely to see that other people are discovering that too and I also agree with what you said with the whole like no one like no one with the whole debate I watched I didn't watch it but I've seen a little bit of it on social media and saw like the memes and stuff around it but I agree it's like the, the the ego has gotten us to this point and you were talking about earlier how like the astrologers and the healers knew that this time was coming and that there was like a shake up to wake up and unfortunately mm-hmm. this is how it is but that's the coming from the ego is not going to get us to the next place of healing where we all where we all need Absolutely.
1: So, yeah. Absolutely and I think a lot of things are coming to light so it's a good shake-up, but it's going to be painful.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like with courses like yours that people should take, not should, can take. I if hope they do. <laughs> yeah. If their soul is calling for it, because I believe that right now we need to step it together as community because there's so much stuff that is, you know, an illusion of separation. But right where yeah that I believe that's an illusion and like the, the right versus left like can we all just agree that we bleed the same color and we're all equal human beings yeah. at all you know what I'm saying it's just like okay let's let's step it up how, let's can, we, go, yeah. how can we do that and <laughs> and it comes back to yourself and healing those wounds for yourself because when the wounds aren't healed and that's when we project and that's when we come from the yes. ego and that's when we get defensive. So
1: absolutely, just,
0: yeah, thank you for doing programs like this and helping people see those mm. unhealed versions of themselves.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: like I'm super interested. So, and you do it every January you said.
1: Yeah. So we're launching again at the beginning of 2021. I always do it January to April. So we are, yeah. And I, I just want to say too, that like, I am the kind, I deep dive into the divine feminine. So if people want to understand more about what that is for them in their practical lives, that's a real interest of mine and a real depth of exploration that I've done in my um, work in the world is helping people understand that divine feminine.
0: That's awesome.
1: I um, kind of am interested. So
0: we can talk more about that later um yeah so what is what I guess a final couple questions here for you what are you walking toward like by the end of 2020 like what is Mm. what is your vision for the rest of this year the beginning of October we have three months left of this crazy year and I feel like
1: the crazy is just kind of getting started so (laughs) yeah
0: any plans or you're holding
1: right now? I'm really um, focused on writing. I'm, I'm co-authoring something called um, well, I'm not going to say what it's called yet. My publisher probably won't like that, (laughs) but um, we're working on a piece that is kind of like speaking our truth in our, our walk with our religious experience as a woman and how, what we've learned about Mary Magdalene, as kind of this figure for um going within and uh you know feminine leadership feminine spiritual leadership so we're really focusing on that hoping to get that edited you know by december and put out in the world in early 2021 uh we're we're very focused on that right now but i just overall i just get really really excited about liberating women Um, that's what my focus is and not in a like angry way or a picketing way, although that can be effective, but just in a, like guide into yourself kind of way and and own who you are. So I love that. I love the idea of doing that, helping facilitate that.
0: Mm, Yes. Owning who you are and not being afraid to take up space in this world. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. Sherry, where can people find you? I know that you also have a podcast, which is super rad women seeking wholeness. I believe it's called, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's so my, everything's on shereeburton.com and uh, also StandSpeakShine.com. It's a great other place to check things out. Um, but yeah, I love, I'm on Facebook women seeking wholeness on Facebook, Facebook page. Um, so yeah, I do have a freebie too. So if you go to either stanspeakshine.com or shereburton.com, you can grab my free multisensory healing kit. And it's just a fun sort of nourishment little lookbook with recipes and then meditation and some fun aromatherapy things and just stuff to nurture your senses. Love yourself. Oh, up.
0: Beautiful. Sweet. Okay. Get on that call to action, peeps. Thank you so much for all your wisdom and sharing your time here with me today. Mm. Um, I'm super stoked that who, a spirit or whoever orchestrated this. <laughs> um, yeah. That you came into my life cause I want to check you out more. And I know some women and I know a lot of moms too that could definitely use your work and just use you as an inspiration. Like, yo, if you are a mother of six and you are running your own empire, <laughs> empire. Anyone, <laughs> you, you know, whoever's listening, they can also do it too. Oh e-
1: yeah. yes. It's it, here's, here's what I will leave your listeners with mm-hmm. and you too, because you're darling and I love your energy and everything you're about. Mm-hmm. That you can have it all. You can have everything your heart desires. It's just about the timing. And so always nurture your desires. Always, always nurture your desires because they are sacred. And, and there is a time you will have them. If you have the desire, it's already done. It's done somewhere in some dimension somewhere and it will reach you. So just don't ever lose sight of your dreams and your desires.
0: Perfect way to end the podcast, Sherry. Or Sherry. Sorry, (laughs) Sherry. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Shannon.